Welcome to the A2 Schools Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cluley, the Director of Communications for the Ann Arbor Public Schools. I'm joined uh, today again, uh, our superintendent, Dr. Swift. Thanks for being here. Good afternoon, Andrew. And we also have with us Bernard Rice. He's the Assistant Superintendent for Capital Programs and Physical Properties. Thanks for being here, Bernard. Good afternoon, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Excellent. And then we also have Jason Bing. He's the Director of Capital Programs. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. And if you hadn't figured out, but from our guests, we are going to be talking about some of the construction projects and whatnot that are ongoing and expected to be primarily uh, the ones that are expected for the summer months here in the Ann Arbor Public Schools as we continue work uh, that we're able to do only thanks to voters supporting us and passing the, the bond program and the sinking fund millage. You know, Andrew, during uh, the previous decade, decade and a half, our facilities had really fallen behind as a result of, uh, you know, the reduction of funding in the state. And Michigan is one of very few states in the country that does not fund for physical properties. So just what you've said, Andrew, we are so grateful that our community has uh, risen to help us make up that difference through uh, two endeavors, really one, uh, the bond uh, and secondly, the sinking fund. It's a funny name, uh, but it's one of the mechanisms in the state. And we have both of those in place. Together, they're called the capital program. And that's what helps us uh, to do these uh, significant uh, renewal of our infrastructure and our facilities. So um, I know that people don't necessarily get excited about this stuff unless it doesn't work. Um, you know, and then we all notice it, like when we had our electrical outage. But um, I'm very excited that our children will grow up in beautiful schools as a result of this investment uh, from our community into our Ann Arbor public schools. That's right. That's, of course, the, the positive aspect of it. The, the challenge then is the people behind the scenes that have to actually make it happen. I remember last summer uh, was a very large number of projects that were, were going on. I know, Mr. Rice, maybe you can remind us exactly how many we worked on last year and, and what we're looking at for uh, coming up this summer. Oh, thank you, Andrew. Uh, last year, we did 35 projects. And for the active and upcoming projects this year, we're probably going to do around 40. So that's quite a bit from what we did last year. And we're glutton for punishment this year. Yeah. You know, the, we're here at the beginning of April, and this is the time of year. Now, you all think about it all year round, uh, but this is the time of year where we really are focusing in on what are we going to get done during that very narrow window. You know, kids love getting out of school for summer, but it means a completely different thing for you guys uh, because your work goes uh, up to 100 miles an hour as we uh, try to conclude 40 projects. And what is it, about 11 weeks? Uh, roughly that. Yeah. And and you need parts of those weeks for teachers to prepare their classrooms. So that gets that window pretty narrow for you to accomplish a lot of work. Yeah, we've actually relied uh, pretty heavily on our uh, building administrators and our staff um, to be great partners um, in preparing um, for all the logistics that are required with packing up and moving out of uh, buildings so that it allows us to do major mechanical work, um, major lighting projects, and completing improvements to our, our classroom environments for our students. 
I know that there's, some of these projects have been even large enough that they're they're not just getting done in in a summer. Uh, thinking specifically of some of our middle schools, Scarlet, Clegg, and Forsyth, and then some of the work being done at Community High School. Um, what are the status uh, of some of those bigger multi-year projects? Um, where are are they? Are we looking at getting them done this summer, or what's going on with those? Yeah, so we're excited to say that uh, our first three big uh, intermediate projects, which include two middle schools, uh, Tappan and Scarlet and Community High School, um, they're all wrapping up this spring and into summer. So uh, we will be out of their uh, way for the first time in a couple years. So I know that they're very excited about that. But we're also uh, really excited to turn over fully air-conditioned buildings uh, to those teams uh, and those students and um and then following up uh, with some additional work uh, in the future to maintain, you know, good to exceptional learning environments at each of those schools. And a big thing is that both of those buildings that he had mentioned, like Tappan and Community, is also getting a brand new elevator. So that is another big, really big project. So- yes. And, you know, I remember back during the campaign, the number one request was for air conditioning. And uh, particularly as Michigan becomes hotter for more days out of the year, uh, I'm so delighted to be able to look back at just such a short period of time. You began back in 2021, and here we are in 2023, and we're looking at being about 90% finished uh, with that uh, climate control in the buildings, which means that, you know, our students learn better when you're between that 68 to 74 degrees, something like that. And I'm so delighted and so appreciative. Thank you both for your leadership and for your work uh, to ensure that our students and teachers and staff are able to have a comfortable learning and working environment. That step alone will improve student outcomes. I know it. And I got to say that I know that right along with the AC and many of those those big projects, there's also been some lighting upgrades, which that may not have been something that people thought about too much. But I know that, you know, when you're in a, an environment where you've got the lighting set appropriately and appropriately isn't always the same. And the old school classrooms, it was like the lights were on or the lights were off. And that was, that, those were your choices. And I know now that we've got a lot more choices so that, um, for instance, when, when, you know, kids come in after recess and they might be amped up, you can dim the lights just a little bit and, and bring that sort of calm the, the students down as you get back into the learning experience. And then later on in the day, maybe you, you need to get those lights fully back on so that, you know, you can get kids motivated and paying attention better you can do that as well and, and so i just that's an exciting thing as well yeah the the lighting projects have been uh really exciting because we've been able to provide that user control that you described uh so you can control the the light uh, but you can also increase visual acuity for your students by providing that the appropriate levels of light and you can reduce our overall operating costs by lowering the overall energy output of those devices. So um, we're excited to, to reduce our electrical loads in some buildings by up to 25% um, and also provide you know, better quality learning environments for the students. I really appreciate you making that point, Jason, because 
part, one of our cornerstones in this capital program has been our deep commitment, that of this community to the environment. And I think folks assumed that when we added air conditioning, you know, that we maybe betrayed that value. But um, you know an awful lot, guys, about that. Uh, that progress that we've made with our solar installations. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah, we will be working on our ninth and 10th solar arrays uh, this summer at Tappan and Scarlet, which is really exciting because it will continue um, to solidify us as the largest owner and operator of on-site solar generation in the state of Michigan from for K-12 uh, institutions. So we will be the largest public school producer in the state of Michigan. And uh, right now, institutionally in Washtenaw County, we are the largest owner operator, uh, which is also really exciting given our, com- our community's commitment to um, decarbonization. And that will continue over decades because as I understand it, those solar panels really do endure for quite a long time, yes? Oh, absolutely. Uh, with a rated lifespan of 25 years or more, they, uh, they're they going to give us a lot of power for a lot of years. And that's, um, you know, it becomes even more valuable as, you know, electrical rates increase and, you know, there's considerations for you know, extended summer heat streaks and all sorts of um, opportunities that we can then use that power for uh, for a resiliency and other efforts within the district. So we've been talking a lot about sort of the, these big projects that uh, we're working on uh, and have been working on and are going to continue working on this summer. But I know that at the same time, uh, some of that more routine maintenance needs to take place as well. Can you guys talk about some of some of those types of projects, what what type of things we might be seeing uh, if we're driving around one of our schools this summer when we see people out working? This year, we we every year we have a plan to do uh, resurfacing. It's called seal coating to our, our parking lots, which prolongs the life of them. So we've been doing that for the past five years since I've been here. And uh, I remember Dr. Swift telling me, when I first came here is, what are you going to do about the roofs? That was the first thing she asked me. She goes, I was tired of getting calls and saying, the roof's leaking. So we've been doing some of those projects like Tappan and Scarlet. Well, before the solar goes in, we're going to be replacing roofs. So we've been doing, you know, constant maintenance of everything. And big thing is, we all know air quality. We're replacing filters three times a year. So we've been doing those maintenance routine, routinely stuff. And again, water quality. We've been changing filters doing all that for that and every you know every spigot has a has a filter on it and it's like 17 or 1800 filters a year that we do during the summer so we're we're, it's routine maintenance stuff that we do it's so exciting that that vision of healthy school campuses uh we really are achieving that vision and step by step it would not be possible without the support of our community for such large investments, but needed investments so that our buildings are uh, healthy um, and environmentally sustainable. It's it's just such a great day, and I'm so grateful for your work in getting that accomplished and our community's support in providing the, the funds and the resources to make it happen. And that's a very good point. I mean, the uh, environmental alignment that we've been working with, 
and our team has been working with teaching and learning and other staff members. Uh, we have a vision, we have the environment, we have educational program, and we just make that all into a learning ecosystem. So that's that's excellent for the kids of Ann Arbor. It is. And uh, I just got to thank the facilities team because obviously we've been talking about sort of the, the long-term vision, the short-term, you know, we got to get the, the maintenance done. But uh, on top of all of that, you guys also have to respond to the emergencies. And, and obviously uh, everyone in the community knows about the power outages that we, we struggled through um, last month. And uh, you guys had, you know, more than half the buildings were without power for I don't know whether you want to consider it a short period of time or a long period of time when you don't have power, a pretty short period of time seems pretty long, pretty quickly. Um, But anyways, over half of our buildings didn't have power for, I would say, a a while. And uh, you guys were on it and able to make it so that as soon as we got that power back and could do it, we had the kids back in there. So I just want to thank you guys for that work. I want to lean in on that uh, gratitude, Mr. Cluley, because I know they were working, reporting to me around the clock. And um, and when we got power back late on a Sunday evening, uh, they had all the systems brought back online for kids to report to school right away the next morning. And uh, that doesn't happen by accident. That happens because people uh, believe that our role is to support children. And first, and that facilities and healthy school buildings and powered up school buildings are essential to our students being able to be in school and learn on every day possible. Now, I don't want to say it, but I understand tornadoes are coming. So uh, I hope you guys are ready for that part as well. Yes? Yes. <laughs> you know, I'd just like to to give a shout to the physical properties team and the ITD technology team here in this district. They are really unparalleled and just tremendous. And that's, that's how you get through those power outages is having the kind of team that we have here in place. It is always interesting to see who I hear from first when a building's out of power, whether the physicals team uh, gets out first or whether ITD gets out first. Cause it, it, it seems like you both are just on it and uh, it almost like it's a competition. <laughs> You know, and I don't think, Andrew, that people necessarily realize how important electricity is to the safety systems of the building. And I think a long time ago, uh, being in school, you know, we would think to ourselves, well, you can be in school without power, you know, no big deal. Uh, but in this day and age, our phone systems, our um, fire suppression, all of those safety systems really do operate as a result of connectivity and and power is that is that right it is right yes and it's major one is heat (laughs) i mean we do not in our buildings want to go period long time without heat based on the temperature and we could have broken pipes and stuff like that and we we just can't have that and andrew made a valid point and so did jason that it's not so much a competition as it is that we're working side by side as a team and i think that's very important and we've over the years have developed that team. And I think that's so important for this district. It really is. There was a time when we weren't able to say that was true. And I'm so grateful for your work and your leadership. Um, I used to um, plan my days around the weather, uh, knowing that if it was a hard, heavy rain, we'd be dealing with a dozen leaks. Easy. 
Um, and I'm proud to say, thanks to the support of our community and the hard work of you all and your teams, um, we may still have a leak here and there, but nothing at the level that we used to have. And that's good news that we have a good team on hand. And that brings us to the good news segment here on the A2 Schools podcast. And we're celebrating a national championship. Last weekend, Skyline High School's ethics team claimed the 2023 National High School Ethics Bowl Championship. The team is called the Philosophical Zombies. And it's made up of Skyline sophomores Catherine Van Lent, Catherine Plotner, uh, J- Skyline junior uh, Shami Ruwendi uh, and uh, freshman Ethan Schultz, and they're coached by Skyline science teacher Gabe Retaliata. Retaliata, I mean. And uh, congratulations, they're the first team from Michigan to win the national championships in the Ethics Bowl. And they defeated Regis High School from Manhattan in the finals. Uh, it was all taking place uh, last weekend in Chapel Hill. So while Many kids were out celebrating spring break. They were working hard, claiming a national championship. Well, congratulations to the Skyline Ethics Bowl team. That's a you know first time I've heard uh, of us achieving that level, that distinction. Congratulations! I believe that we, uh, Skyline, well, Skyline won the state championship to qualify, uh, and I believe Huron and Pioneer have both won the the state championship in the past as well, but this is the first time uh, any school from Michigan has won the national championship. So congratulations to the team and Coach Retaliata. Very exciting. Well, and I want to say thank you very much to uh, Jason uh, Bing for coming in and, and joining us for the conversation today. Thank you very much. And Mr. Rice, thank you uh, for coming in and talking about the work that we're got coming up uh, over the summer as well. Thank you, Andrew. And Dr. Swift, always great to hear from you as well. It's great to be here, Andrew. And so for our parents or students or community members out there who may be curious when they drive by that project and want to know more about what's going on with our bond, with our capital program, Bond and Sinking Fund, uh, they can go to the bond website. I'll let Jason uh, say what that is. We'll go to the bond website and you can see all of the detailed information and see what our tax dollars in the community are supporting in terms of renewed infrastructure in the Ann Arbor Public Schools. Jason, where do they find that? They can find it at www.a2schoolsbond.org. And we'll have all the project details and some updates, uh, event schedules, and, and all sorts of fun stuff. That's great. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this week's edition of the A2 Schools podcast. As always, if you have any questions about the Ann Arbor Public Schools, the first place to go is our website, a2schools.org. And if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future edition of the podcast, please email me at communications at a2schools.org. Thanks again for listening to this week's edition of the A2 Schools podcast.